am grateful to be able to come, and you guys having me here the last couple of years, it's always great to be with you. How many of you have ever gotten lost? Anyone? Yeah? All right. Hey, I want to say thank you to those who you're honest, and the rest of you are liars. Everybody's been lost. That's the way it is. Wives, how many times have your husbands been lost? They knew they, that you knew they were lost, but they never admitted they were lost. Yep, there it is right there. Listen, I'm not normally the one who gets lost in my house. My wife, Jolene, is the one who normally gets lost. Now, she would probably disagree with that. She'd be wrong. Let's just say that she would get lost more than me. And I think God is kind of funny like that. I think he pairs us, I think he pairs the lost and the unlost. I think that's the way it is. I I think that's what he wants to do. And and if you're dating somebody, if you want to know if they're, their soul, they're your soulmate, then you should probably find out whether you're lost or unlost and what they are too. I know there's an exception to the rule, right? But, but that's just because you ignored all the warning signs beforehand, right? That's just the way it went. Now, what's really funny is when you get lost using your GPS or your Maps app, right? Whenever you do that, listen, I'm bilingual. I speak English and Southern. And uh, I do. And in the South, if you've ever been in the South and you heard somebody say to you, bless your heart, right? Some sweet Southern lady looks at you and say, bless your heart, honey. You need to understand that they just said you're an idiot, okay? Because that's what bless your heart means in the South. That's just the way it is. So whenever you're lost using your maps or using your GPS and that little voice comes on and says recalculating or it's the little thing, they're just saying, bless your heart, all right? You're an idiot. Listen, here's, there's some really interesting things about being lost. Number one is you never get lost on purpose. I mean, you never intend to get lost. And you also don't know when you're lost, do you? You don't know when you're getting lost, when you're on your way there. In other words, you don't know what happened or why you got lost, you just know all of a sudden that you're lost. By the time you realize you're lost, you've been lost a long time. And guys, especially, (laughs) we'll just drive around with confidence when we're lost because we don't even know we're lost yet and nobody's gonna tell us that we're lost. It just happens. Oh my gosh, I'm lost. Here's the really important one though. Whenever you're lost, whatever road you're on, is gonna determine where you end up, right? Whatever road you're on is ultimately gonna determine where you end up. And you're gonna end up where that road leads. You don't end up where you intended to be. None of us do. Because if you're on a wrong road, it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what your intentions were. It doesn't matter what, what you wanted or what you hoped, or what you believed, you're in trouble. Because the paths that we choose impact us more than our intentions and our own our motivations. Our decisions, our choices, the roads we go down impact us more than the things we want. And so I want you to listen to me. Every one of us, you, me, all of us, are on a path. We're on a path financially, relationally, morally, ethically, spiritually. And there was a guy named Solomon who was one of the wisest men who ever lived, who wrote Song of Solomon and Ecclesiastes. He wrote Proverbs. He tells a story about a direction that someone chose. And we don't know if the story is true or it's just a parable, a story that has meaning. 
But it starts with him looking at a win- out of a window down onto a street, and he sees a guy walking among the people. And he realizes he understands the outcome of this guy's journey. But the guy doesn't. And this has happened to you. You've seen someone. You've watched someone do something, and you know exactly how it's going to end up. When I lived in Tulsa and worked at the church that Chris and I used to be at in Tulsa, we used to go to lunch with a family and after church, and they would always take us, they were part of a lunch club, and so they would take us into downtown Tulsa to the top of the Bank of Oklahoma Tower. And this was a huge, there's the tallest building in, in Tulsa, and it had floor-to-ceiling windows. You could see everywhere, and they had a big buffet, and then they had rooms, and all the rooms were made out of glass, all right? So you went and sat in a glass room. Now, my kids were small back then. My youngest son, Travis, was about two, and we would be in this room. We were in this room one time, and his mom was out getting something. Travis was just kind of running around the room. His mom was out at the buffet table, and Travis looked, and he saw his mom. He saw his mom, and he took off running for his mom. But he didn't realize there was a glass wall between him and his mom. And there was a moment when I could have reached out and stopped him. But I didn't. Because it was going to be really funny. (laughs) And Travis got to learn a lesson. Took off running, run smack into that wall, fell back on his back. Bless that little guy's heart. Every one of us, every single one of us has seen that. If you're a parent, you've seen your children do this, right? You've watched toddlers run in a direction, and you can see what's about to happen, that there's going to be a crash, right? You've seen that happen. And what Solomon does is sit at this window, and he gives us a snapshot of this guy's journey, and in doing so, he's going to illustrate the point. Every single path you choose has a destination, Every single path you choose has a place where it's going to end up. And it's either going to be for your good or for your destruction. One of the two. Look at Proverbs chapter 7, verses 6 through 7. He says this. At the window of my house, I looked out through the lattice. I saw among the people, I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who lacked judgment. And again, if you're a parent, you really understand this. If you're young in here, I'm about to hurt your feelings, but don't tune me out, okay? You need to stay with me. Most youths lack wisdom, right? Most youths lack judgment. It's not because there's something wrong, right? It's just that judgment requires time and experience. You know that because you lacked judgment. You lacked time and experience. I was like this. I was this boy that Solomon was looking at. Verse 8 says, he was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house at twilight as the day was fading, as the dark of night set in. Now, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to know where this is going, right? You know exactly where it's going. Here's a kid walking down the street. The sun is going down, and he's headed toward this woman's house. And you're going to discover in a minute he knows all about who she is. He knows everything about her. And in the back of his mind, there's a soundtrack playing, like Born to be Wild, right? And he's just going in a direction. He's just chosen a path. And up at the window, Solomon is watching the whole thing go down. And in the back of his mind, the soundtrack to Jaws is playing. And there's a difference between what this kid thinks he is experiencing 
and how this older, wiser guy see it. Every path has a destination, and this is a predictable destination. Look at verse 10. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute, although she wasn't a prostitute, and with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. She took hold of him. She kissed him, and with a brazen face, she said, Today I fulfilled my vows, and I have food from my fellowship offering at home. Here's what she's saying. I've been to the temple. I got everything squared away with God. I took care of everything. I, I took my big bucket of sin and I dumped it on the altar and I sacrificed an animal. And God has forgiven me of all of my sins in the past. Now I have an empty bucket and I wanna fill it up with you. And every one of us in this room has done this in some capacity. We have chosen paths, we have chosen directions that we knew would lead to sin in our lives, but we continued down him day after day after day and we'd fill our bucket full of sin and then we'd go to God and we'd dump it on him and we ask him to forgive us. And you read the verse that Chris read just earlier. He is willing to forgive all of that and you take your empty bucket and you start down that exact same path, that same road, in that same direction. Look at what happens next. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you and I found you. I didn't just come out to meet somebody, right? I came out to meet you. And that's just like temptation in your life and my life. Temptation that leads us in a wrong direction. Temptation that leads us down a wrong path. This kid is hoping that she steps out. And when she does, he finds out that she's actually looking for him, right? And that's what happens for you and I. We allow ourselves down a path that we know is not any good. We allow ourselves to walk down a path that we know is gonna lead to destruction, that we shouldn't be down, but we can't seem to help it. Lunch with that person. Late night at home with a computer. You can't afford that. I wish we had what they had. The enemy knows just where to meet you and he knows what road you're walking on. That's what temptation does. That's what temptation is. Verse 16, I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love till the morning and let, it, let us enjoy ourselves with love. And he's thinking, am I dreaming? I mean, this is amazing. My husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey, which means you don't have to rush. You can stay. I mean, this is better than you expected it was gonna be. He took his purse a modern translation might say his man back. It was filled with money and he won't be home till the full moon. And with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. And he's thinking, this is great. She picked me. She picked me. This is a dream come true. And the wiser, older man looks down and he says, all at once, he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter and like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierces his liver like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. He says, just like an ox that's being led to a slaughterhouse, you have no idea what hangs into the balance, what hangs in the balance of your choices and your decisions to be obedient to God in your life. He repeats the warning, just like a deer that's found a great place to settle. And then he steps into a snare. He steps 
into a noose and it grabs his foot and he yanks and he yanks and he yanks and he realizes I'm in trouble. He can't get away no matter how hard he tries, no matter how good his intentions are. And suddenly the hunter appears and with a bow and an arrow from a safe distance away, he shoots. That's not enough. How about a third one? Like a bird just making his way through the air. He's happy. Everything's good. He's not worrying about anything into a snare. And Solomon is raining on this kid's parade. And the kid is like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't understand. This is just a date. It's just one time. Solomon says, no. This is a direction. This is a path that you have chosen. And you're focused on what you're doing. And I'm focused on where you're heading. You're focused on the immediate and I'm focused on the eternal. You're focused on the here and now, and I'm focused on tomorrow. Two contrasting views of the same event. What would God say when he looks at the direction of your life? What would God say about the choices that you make and the roads you choose to go down? The roads you choose to go down that you don't tell anybody about, that you don't want anybody to see. What would God say about your life and what would God say about my life, about the choices that we, we make? He begins to address it, and he pulls us out of the scene, and he says in verse 24, Now then, my sons, listen to me and pay attention to what I say. Do not let her heart, do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throne. He's going, hey, I want you to look up here. And I want you to listen to me because there is a lesson to be learned and it's not down there. Don't take yourself out of the equation. Don't think that this is just a story about a young boy who was led astray. This is a story about you and it's a story about me. And I hate to break it to you. This is not a unique situation. I know you're thinking you've never felt this way before, but a lot of other people have. And Bart, buddy, you are a part of a crowd. Lots of people have done this, not necessarily with her, but this scenario that you're creating here with this married woman whose husband is gone, this is commonplace. This has been happening forever. This was written 3,000 years ago and nothing has changed. He says, I want you to look. You have chosen a direction. You have chosen a path to walk down. You are on a road and the destination is predictable. I'm so confident of it that even before it happens, I know that you're like a, like a cow who's being led to the slaughter. You're like that ox who's just being led by the nose who's going to be slaughtered. You're like a deer who's going to be full of errors. You're like a bird who's going to be caught in a snare. This is a path with a predictable destination. He says in verse 27, her house is a highway to the grave leading down to the chambers of death. This road is a four-lane highway, and so many people have gone down this road that you shouldn't think for a minute that you're going to have some kind of unique experience. So many people have gone down this road. And here's the thing about the story. You knew where it was going, right? You knew where this story was headed. How did you know where it was headed? How did you know where it was going to go? Because somehow we can see this in other people's lives. Proverbs 4.23 is one of my favorite verses. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You know what you and I are really good at? You and, you and I are really good at monitoring each other's behavior. 
You know how I know that? Because my wife tells me that. She says, I'm really good. And, and you know what? If we were to sit down and talk for 20 minutes, I could tell you what's wrong with your life. You know why? Because we're really good at monitoring each other's behavior. Because I'm really good at seeing what's wrong in your life. But you know what we're really, really, really bad at? We're really, really bad about turning those eyes on our own heart and seeing where we're off course. It's easy to see it in other people's lives. It's really hard to see it in our life. That's why he says, guard your heart. Don't guard somebody else's heart. Don't monitor somebody else's heart. You guard your heart. Why? Because it's going to determine the course that you take. It's going to determine the course of your life. And it's not unique. It's a path. It's a highway this kid was running down. And it's a crowded highway. It's a crowded highway he's chosen. And the road you choose is either going to be for your good or for your destruction. Because your direction is always going to determine your destination. And in the world of traveling, you and I understand that's absolutely true. But when you expand on it in our own personal lives, I want you to remember this. Decisions. Choices. Not your intentions. Not your dreams. Not your plans. Determine where you're going to end up. And we know that when it comes to walking or driving. But when it comes to other areas of our lives... We seem to not be able, able to understand that there's a total disconnect on this principle because it applies to every one of our lives. It applies to every path we choose. Why? Because you have a financial road, right? All of us are on a financial road. There's a marriage road if you're married. There's a dating road if you're out there for the first time or you're back into it for whatever reason after being married. There's a health road. There's a professional road. There's a desire road. Most importantly, there's a spiritual road. You are always going to end up where the road you are on is going to take you. And listen, the path you choose, not your intentions, not your hopes, not your dreams, not your prayers, not your belief, it's your direction that's ultimately going to lead to where you're going. Where you intended to end up is irrelevant. Saying, but this is, this is where I want to go, this is where I want to be, it doesn't help, no matter how loud and how often you say it. Tapping your toes together doesn't happen, all right? It doesn't make it work. Proverbs 14, 12 there, says, there is a path before each one of us. There is a path before each person that seems right, but leads to death. Every one of us has a path, and sometimes it looks like it's right. It looks like it's the right way, but it leads to death. And here's why this is really important. All of us have chosen a direction in different areas of our lives. And many times there is, or at least I have seen, there's a huge difference between where people want to end up and the path they choose to get there. Just in the past few weeks, I have spoken to at least 10 different people or couples whose lives are crashing or whose marriages are blowing up, or finances are blowing up, and they sit down and they tell me a story. And you've probably heard many of these stories, and they're broken about what's happened. They're broken about what's going on. But when you hear them tell their story, and when you hear them tell you what's been going on, you know what you think? What did you expect? I listened to a mom and dad tell me about a daughter who was spending the night at her boyfriend's house, and they couldn't get her to come home. And then I go through her Instagram and I go through her Facebook and I find out what they've been doing at home and what they've allowed her to get away with. And I look at them and I said, what do you expect? Where did you think this road was leading? There is a contrast between my hopes and dreams were here. 
but I chose a direction that led this way and you ended up exactly where that path took you. And so we get angry with God or we get angry at our spouse or our kids or our jobs or our finances because none of it is where we hoped it would be. Then why did you walk down that path? It's because we think our intentions and our hopes and dreams will somehow override our choices and decisions that we make on a daily basis. But the path you choose is going to determine where you end up. And in your heart, you know that's true. Listen, we cannot live in this world believing what this culture is trying to hand us. In a world of behaviors, habits, and lifestyles, we lose sight of this. And people wake up far from where they intended to be. People hit 30 and 40 and 50 years old and realize their dreams are not coming true. You know where they are? They are exactly where their feet have taken them just like the young man in this story, because every path we choose has a predetermined destination. The path of workaholism has a destination. Why can't your wife be more understanding? Why is she cold? Because that's not where that path leads. The path of impurity has a destination. The path of greed has a destination. The path of debt has a destination. The path of adultery has a destination. Men can't seem to figure out why their kids seem distant or why their wife can't forgive them or move on, why they don't have that closeness anymore because that's not where the path of adultery leads. But the path of purity has a destination too. The path of love has a destination. The path of mercy has a def destination. The path of forgiveness has a destination. The path of bitterness has a destination. And the problem is we all know that this principle is true, but we ignore it in the realm of our lives. And we think, you know what? I want God to bless me financially, so I'm not gonna give him anything. I wanna meet a great Christian guy who's really got his act together, who's gonna love me all of my life, so I'm gonna go out with whoever asks me out, especially if they're cute. I want real intimacy with my spouse when I get married, so I'm gonna practice with the people I date until then. I want our family to be close. I want everybody to be on the same page. I want them looking forward to spending time together. So I'm going to work all the time. I want my kids to look up to me. So I'm going to fool around on their mom. I want my kids to stay away from alcohol. So I'm going to drink responsibly. Right? I want to influence and invest in my family and my children and my grandchildren. I'm, so, I'm going to do whatever I want and not spend any time with them. I want my children to be brought up with Christian values. So we'll go to church once in a while. I want to lose weight, so supersize that, right? I want to have a great relationship with my spouse, so I'm going to focus on my needs. I don't want to live with financial pressure, so I'm going to live beyond my means. I want to support some charity, so I'm going to spend all my money on me. I want to know God, so I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to do life in a group with people who are going to hold me accountable. I want does not get you anywhere. The road you choose to walk down determines where you're going to end up. And the list goes on and on. And just like the naive guy in our story, we become fixed on what's on that path and we ignore the fact that we're on the wrong path. You see, the reason that we get so enamored with the direction we're going, and I'll admit, listen, I may not know you and I may not know your story, but if we sat down and we talked about it for a little while, I think we would get to this place. The reason we love the wrong path is because there is something or somebody on that path that has a strong emotional appeal to us. And it's emotional, it's not rational. And it has such a strong emotional appeal that we get caught up in the immediate and we don't think about the eternal consequences of it. 
Because there's something on the wrong path all the time that offers an immediate fix or a thrill, a quick buck, 0% financing. She makes me feel like I used to. He listens to me. It feels so good. And Solomon looks and says, don't let her take your heart. Do not let her steal your heart. Don't let her get her tentacles on your heart. And for many of us, we're not able to figure this out on our own. And that's why so many times God brings family or friends or people in a small group into our lives. But hopefully you have somebody around that taps you on the throat, shoulder or sends you an email or has an awkward conversation and says, you know what, I'm watching and I've seen your behavior and I've seen your decisions and I feel like you're moving in a very, very dangerous direction. And you're like, I don't, I don't think I'm moving in any direction. And they're going, you're moving in a dangerous direction. They're looking at your life like the guy from the window. And the question is, at that moment, in that moment of time, will you listen? Or will you think somehow you're going to be the exception and you're going to be able to move in a direction, you're going to be able to walk down a path and not suffer the consequences? Some of you are sitting here and you've been on a path of faithfulness year after year after year after year, and you're beginning to experience the incredible benefit of that, the blessing of being faithful. Some of you have been on a path of forgiveness, right? You've been hurt and wounded, but you decided I'm not going down the path of bitterness. I'm not going to, and you're beginning to reach that destination of happiness where, where you become a grace-filled, forgiving person, or you've been financially responsible, you've driven smaller, you've You've lived smaller, you've stayed out of debt, you've been a steady plotter, you've been staying on a path and you've begun to experience the reward of that. And God didn't just bless you overnight because you made just one single decision. You made a decision to choose a path and a decision after decision to stay on that path. And that path led to a predetermined destination that God wanted for you because it's a principle Because the path you choose, your decisions, is going to determine where you end up, not your intentions. Because every one of us is on a road. We're all walking in a direction. And all of us are going to end up where our chosen paths take us. Financially, morally, relationally, ethically, spiritually. In our marriages. In your relationships. Our health. Our careers. What paths have you chosen? What paths have you chosen? And do you think that at this stage and in this moment, you need to begin making some course direction, corrections? Because ultimately, your direction, the path you're on is going to determine where you end up. Because where you're headed is way more important than where you are. And if you continue on your current course, where are you going to end up? Listen, I know for many of you, this impacts you differently. And some of you just sigh, take a sigh of relief because for five or 15 years, you've been doing the right thing. But there's some of you who have begun to arrive at some really unpleasant destinations and it's made you mad at God and, and mad at somebody else or mad at yourself. But what would it look like this week if you were to allow this simple principle to begin to settle into your life. And you were to ask God to give you some insight into your life, into your direction, into your path, and then begin to give you the courage to maybe do something about it. 
You know why this story is so important to me? Because I was this boy. Chris and I grew up in the same family, but very different ways. Chris grew up and knew what he wanted to do all of his life. He knew he wanted to be a pastor. I did not. I grew up and became very angry with God and ran from God. All of us run from God in different ways at different points in our life, but I ran from God because I was really, really angry with God because of the way things had gone on in my life. And so I ran into a lot of different paths and a lot of different directions that were really, really, really unhealthy. Unhealthy choices that led to unhealthy choices that led to unhealthy choices that led to despair. I I mean, honestly, it led to despair. I've never been more lonely in my life and never been surrounded by more people than at that point in my life. It It was a terrible point in my life. And just like this boy, I was headed in a predictable, to a predictable destination. And somewhere along the way, I stopped and I thought, if you keep heading in this direction, it's going to be your destruction. And so I stopped one day and I called my brother, Chris. I was in college, I think, I don't remember. And I just asked him if I could go to camp with him. And he actually said yes, which was probably a pretty stupid thing to allow to happen because I was pretty bad at that point. My uncle was gonna be there. And it was that week at camp that I spent with my brother and my uncle that changed the direction of my life. But here's the amazing thing. It didn't just change the direction of my life. It changed the direction of my wife's life and I hadn't even met her yet. It changed the direction of my kids' lives and my grandchildren's lives. And the list is going to go on and on and on. Because I took the time to see that I was headed in the wrong direction and to make a course correction. I'm going to end with this. At the end of Chris and mine's dad's life uh, in Houston, Texas, uh, I spent the last week with him in a hospital. And my dad was a mess. I'm sure Chris has talked about this before. His life was a wreck. But there came a moment when I had to go into the hospital room and tell him that there wasn't any hope, that he, there was no hope. There was nothing that was gonna happen. And so I looked at him and I told him this. I said, that there's, there's no hope. There's nothing they can do. These are your two choices. And I said, Dad, your life has been lived in a direction, but it doesn't have to end there. You can end your life differently whether you have 40 years left or three days, your life can end differently because you can choose a different path. Now, I'd love to tell you I know the direction he chose. I don't. One day we'll find out. But it doesn't matter because my direction is gonna lead me to where God desires for me. And I'm not perfect. I still get lost. Don't tell my wife. I still make poor choices, but that's why we make course corrections. That's why the voice says, bless your heart. Turn around, go back. Your life can end differently. Your direction can change. The question is whether or not you'll have the courage to change it. Whether you'll have the courage to stop walking in the direction you've been walking, whatever it is, Whatever it is, whether it's some secret sin, some choice that you've made, 
some place you've allowed yourself to get, you can change the direction of your life. That's what Solomon's story is about. The question is whether you'll do it. Father, thank you for today and just the chance to be in this. And just the reminder in this moment of what Solomon says to us. And we read these stories and we read these stories and we shake our heads. Oh, yeah, I get that. That's, that's crazy. I've seen that. I've watched that. And we don't understand that this is a story about us. That this story is for us, but it's about us. It's about our direction. It applies to my life. It applies to my relationship with you. And so, Father, I just pray that we as people would just take a moment to step back and and just like Solomon said, guard your heart. Look at our heart. It's easy to see where other people get off, but Father, would you give us the eyes to see where where we're off and the courage to make change? And I pray, Father, that if there's people in here tonight that have just never come before you, have never sought forgiveness, Maybe they've been searching for meaning and purpose that they would take that step tonight. That they would find a new direction, a new course for their life in a relationship with you. We love you and we thank you for loving us. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.